Biden to spend the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 outside of a 9-11 memorial or D.C. building, breaking a long tradition so that he can speak about climate change. I wonder how much of the World Trade Center you're going to lose today. Biden to spend the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 outside of a 9-11 memorial or D.C. building, breaking a long tradition so that he can speak about climate change. Honey, are you there? Jack, pick up, sweetie. Okay, well, I just wanted to tell you I love you. We're having a little problem on the plane. Um, I'm totally fine. Um, I just love you more than anything. Just know that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm okay for now. Um, it's a little problem, so I'll, uh, I, I just love you. Please tell my family I love them, too. Bye, honey. Elsa, it's Lynn. Um, I only have a minute. I'm on United 93, and it's been hijacked uh, by terrorists who say they have a bomb. Apparently, they uh, have flown a couple of planes into the World Trade Center already, and it looks like they're going to take this one down as well. Mostly, I just wanted to say I love you, and I'm going to miss you. <laughs> and, and please give my love to my dad. And... <sighs> Mostly, I just love you, and I just wanted to tell you that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to tell you that again or not. Um, all my stuff is in the safe. The, uh, the safe is in my closet in my bedroom. The combination is you push T for clear and then 0913, and then, uh, and then it should, and maybe pound, and then... Biden to spend the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 outside of a 9-11 memorial or D.C. building breaking a long tradition so that he can speak about climate change. Is this the... I don't know, man. Uh, no. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Uh, is this done already? Show? Is this the clean show or the dirty show? So I know how to respond. This would be the uh, the dirty show. Is fine. That president is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> to say the least. That guy is literally human shit in a bag of skin. What a fucking piece of shit he is to not not have the respect to honor that. You know, it's the same with, like, Pearl Harbor. 
What what is what is the number of years now with Pearl Harbor? Like eighty or something? Yeah. Forty five or forty one or whatever. So forty one, so it's like eighty three years or something, eighty two years. And we still we still memorialize it. None of us were there. None of us remember it. You know, maybe your grandfathers or something, if your grandfathers are still alive, but none of us remember it. But you still stop what you're doing to show respect, respect for senseless death. And this guy wants to go around talking about that the sun's too hot. Fuck him. I want to play a video. It's not really, you don't really need to watch it. It's more of the audio of something. It's a little bit long. Um, but you know, our, our, our president so-called was in Alaska today. Now he did go to a military base to, I guess, have a service there. And he sent the hyena to, uh, New York, uh, to do her normal giggling Sending routine. Somebody's not good enough. That's not good enough. No, it's one day. And, and it's one day that, you know, we talked about it this morning. They're trying to cancel 9-11 for whatever reason. They're going to you know, try to pardon this last terrorist that's still over in Guantanamo or whatever. They're going to uh, try to cancel 9-11. We, I, I had a video. I don't have it today, but I pulled a video of uh, asking college kids what was more impactful to this country, January 6th, or 9-11. And they all said January 6th. And to a fucking one of them, they said January 6th. Please. The people that went into the Capitol, oh, by the way, most of them didn't do anything when they were in there. Yeah. Um, they walked around taking pictures. Some of them were let in by police. I hate to tell the liberals out there, but that's on video. Mm-hmm. They, they, they show them, leading them in. The guy with the horns and the makeup was let into the rooms. Yeah. By the Capitol Police. Mm -hmm. But that's more impactful than 9-11. Let me play you what these college kids, they they think that 9-11 is more impactful than what I'm going to play. So I got to do this. I got to do what? Present. Mm -hmm. And then share screen. And then this. Be worse than it is. 
Perfect. Now you stay calm. And so how many people where you're at right now? There's like five people here with me. Call us from the 83rd floor. 83rd floor. With five people. Five patients. Everybody's having trouble breathing? Everybody's having trouble breathing. Some people are worse. So some people are unconscious. Everybody's awake? So far, yes. But it's listen, listen, listen. Everybody's awake? Yes, so far. Conscious. And it's very hot there, but no fire, right? I can't see. No, it's no, too high. Hot, very hot. No fire for now. And no smoke, right? No smoke, right? Of course there's smoke. Ma'am, ma'am, you have to stay calm. There is smoke. I All can't right. breathe. Okay, you stay calm with me, okay? I understand. I think there is fire because it's very hot. Okay. It, it's very hot everywhere on the floor. Okay. I know you don't see it, and I know, but we, I'm going to document I'm documenting what you say, okay? And it's very hot. I see no fire, but you see smoke, right? It's very hot. I see, I don't. Okay. see any air anymore. Okay. All I see is smoke. Okay, dear. I'm so sorry. Hold on one. Stay calm with me. Stay calm. Now, please. Just, uh, listen, listen. The call is in. I'm documented. I'm going to let them. Hold on one second, please. I'm going to die, are No, 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 no. Say I'm going to die. Ma'am, 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 say your prayers. And we're not going to We're going to think positive because we've got to help each other get off the floor. I'm now, die. You know, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. Oh, You're doing a good job, ma'am. You're doing no, a good job. You're it's doing so hot. I'm burning up. Then you, okay. If you don't, the floors is hot and everything is hot. There are their deaths. When you go up high, you, you get too close away from the smoke. Okay. I know you know. Hold on. Eighty third floor. Three people trapped. Very hot on the eighty third floor. Three people trapped. Having trouble breathing. Very hot. Wait, wait, we have voices. Help! 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 That's what I'm doing. I'm just letting you know. Hello, ma'am. Stay calm, ma'am, ma'am. Stay calm, stay calm. Just don't move. Oh, my God. They coming through with you now? Find out if there's anybody here on the 83rd floor. Ma'am, don't worry. You stay on the phone with me, and we're I already know. Can you find out if there's anyone on the 83rd floor? Because ma'am, I already heard somebody. Excuse me. I already notified this lieutenant, okay? Uh, Ado, I notified this lieutenant. Hello? Yes, Lieutenant Ado. I already know if I tell that there's five people on the first floor, right? Very hot and smoky. So they will overlook you. Okay, dear? Can you, can you? I already did that. Can I line with you, please? Yes, ma'am. I am going to say Listen, listen. Take your, uh, uh, They're here? Are they inside with you yet, dear? No. Okay, stay calm till they get inside. Find out where they are. Yeah, stay, stay calm. Yeah, stay calm till they get inside. Karen! I have seven, two. Yeah, and, and, and this. Biden to spend the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 outside of a 9-11 memorial or D.C. building, breaking a long tradition so that he can speak about climate change. Is this? Thank God. Thank God he's he's got our best interest and, you know, the interest of the country in, in his mind. What a piece of garbage. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's simple as that. He is a piece of garbage. He's he's garbage. And you hate Donald Trump because he makes mean tweets to people. Yeah, guarantee you Trump would have been down there. You know, the black people that are out protesting for Trump to not be charged, that, that, that know that he's not a racist, that know that he's not an idiot, the people, the, half the country that voted for him, that knows that he's not a racist, that he's not an idiot, this is what we have in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, 
See, I was in a good mood when we started. <laughs> now I'm in a terrible mood. Young people remember yesterday. That's it. Talk to loads of young folks who don't remember Kent State. Many sports fans have no idea who Jim Brown was. Of course, college kids are going to remember January 6th over 9-11. Well, they're, they're stupid. Then they're learning the wrong things. Then they weren't taught the right things as they were growing up. Because those college kids were old enough to remember 9-11. Most of them. I, I Some of them. Your, I see where your dad's coming from. though. I kind of do, too. But at the same time. Then they're being taught the wrong things. They didn't have parents that taught them the right things. But we don't, we, me and you, do not hold Pearl Harbor with the same same regard no, as we I, do 9-11. Look, I still recognize it every year. I still oh, you recognize, recognize it, but what I, the hell happened in this country that we were attacked. It hasn't happened that often. No, no, no. You should I'm remember that. The, the times that it has. I agree. What I'm saying, though, is I can see where the only major event these these kids have ever experienced as a as memorable is um january 6th well then they're fools because again they haven't been taught properly well, and there's where, a big difference be between it? there's a big difference between teaching kids about jim brown who oh by the way was a, a, an abuser to women they they leave that fact out um but there's a big difference between that and 9-11 where thousands of people died because our country was attacked. No, I agree. Speaking of the Jim Brown, real quick, as a side note, did you watch the game yesterday? I did. Did you Did you hear the awkward part where whatever announcer it was, Charles Davis or Ian Eagle, I can't tell which is which, but one of them did acknowledge that yes, Jim Brown did. beat women? Oh, and, yeah. And it was really odd. Yeah, he was uh, the greatest running back of our time ever. And then he goes, who had a checkered had- pass that beat women? <laughs> yeah. I was like, who Whoa. does have a past of abusing women? Okay, well, <laughs> that definitely you. was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> no, but that's what I've been saying. It's what I've been saying. Oh, everybody's like, oh, we got to remember when he died, the greatest running back of all time. Yes, who threw a woman out a balcony? Yeah, I agree. I, I think Jim Brown was kind of garbage. I mean, he's a great player, but. You know, that's that's where the greatness stops with Jim Brown, in my mind. Great player, but that's it. Do you remember where you – you obviously probably remember where you were, 9-11. Where, where were you? I was in what I will call the scariest place in Cleveland. I was uh, working, Downtown? Not only downtown. <laughs> I was working at um, Jones Day Revison Pogue, which is – the building is – it's the last big building at the end of 9th Street, East 9th. Across the street to one side is the FBI building. Yeah. Just behind it, the airport. Oh, boy. I was scared out of my mind that we were going to get hit. You know, because you know, we didn't know what was going on. I remember a bunch of, a bunch of the lawyers and, and, all, and us went into this one conference room that had a TV on, and we all just sat there quietly watching it and just like, making phone calls to, you know, wives and parents and whatever, you know, making sure everything was cool. And, and I just remember I was sitting there, people were scurrying out and I just was like, fuck this, I'm staying. You know, I was like, you know, in a weird way, there was kind of that weird excitement to it, I guess, you know, of what's, what's going to happen here. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, I'm staying here. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen right here. And and I did. I stayed until I don't know, maybe three thirty or so in the afternoon that day. I 
I didn't want it, it, and I know that sounds really morbid and horrible, but if something did go down, I wanted to be there to mix it up, be a part of it, help whatever whatever you want to say. But it was definitely scary, especially when they started evacuating buildings. Oh yeah, and they started with the okay, this building. East Ohio gas building, evacuate this building, evacuate this building. And they were literally going all around our building. It was, it was the FBI building and the East Ohio gas building. And uh, like down the street a little bit, channel three was evacuating, you know, down, what is that? Lakeshore down Lakeshore. They were evacuating and, and everything except our building was evacuating. And I was like, are you kidding me? They are just going to leave this building to get hit. I, uh, it was scary. Yeah. I was on the air uh, okay. when it happened. So I was doing the morning show on MMS with John Mulroney. Okay. And he was from Albany, New York. Sure. And his brother was a cop and actually stationed at the base of the World Trade Centers. Right. And so we were watching TV because we had a TV in, in the studio, but we were on the air. And Everybody had broken into coverage about plane number one hitting the first you know, the first hour, and at first they thought it was just a commuter plane or something like that. That some drunk ass yeah. or guy that didn't know New York or the skyline or whatever was mm-hmm. just driving some or flying some plane around and just hit the building. And as we were watching that and that coverage, all of a sudden we just saw the other the second plane whoo, yeah. go right to the side and. The guy that I was doing a show with, the first words out of his mouth before anything even knew what the hell was going on was, we're at war. Right. And because then you knew, then you knew something was just not right. Something was going down. Mm -hmm. And of course, everything was unfolding. and We stayed on the air as long as we could. But then Tower City, which is where MMS was, you know, back then was evacuated. Mm-hmm. And so we were forced out of there, and we were, had to go to Independence, where the new studios were being built. So our studio still wasn't up yet, right? But we went to TAM's coverage first, and then TAM switched over to all national programming, right? But then for days after that, they had Tower City blocked off; like you couldn't go; it was shut down. And so you couldn't park underneath, like in the garage. You couldn't park anywhere around the building. So, like my wife and I, who work, she worked at the station too. We had to ex-wife now, but <laughs> right. uh, we had to sleep in the building. Wow. We had to get dropped off, and then somebody would drop off some food for us every now and then because we just had to, yeah we couldn't get. They didn't really want you going in and out. Right. And so once we were dropped off, we were there. We had to like sleeping bags and pillows and stuff. And we slept in a conference room down the hall and waited until a few days later when they finally decided it was okay to open back up again. Sure. But it was crazy, man. It was really, it was something, it was nuts. I remember trying to get a hold of her leaving the, uh, the studios that day. And it was such a beautiful day. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I could barely remember what I had for dinner last week. And, but I remember that day like it was yesterday because it was so nice outside. I mean, the sky was like cloudless, but nothing. Yeah, it's like cloudless, was... 75 degrees, like perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I remember leaving there, driving Independence and just looking up as I'm driving. And you can see 
no planes. There was zero planes in the sky. Yeah, that was weird, man. I mean, it was bizarre. I mean, once I got there, we couldn't go back on the air. I just went outside and we just stood out there and going, what the hell just happened? What's going on? And it was it, something. It was, a, it, dude, it was, it was a weird, scary time, man. I, I could just remember coming home. My ex-wife was crying. Like crying her eyes out, and and you know, and they were talking, and they were they were already talking about like school being closed the next day and whatever, and 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 I I can remember talking to her, and and she was like, I'm never sending the kids back to school again, <laughs> and and I was like, well, what are you gonna do? I was like, you gotta send them to school, you know, they're not gonna just sit here and not learn, and you know, and she's like, well, they could get killed. I was like, they could get killed. A plane could hit your house. The same as it could hit a hit a school, but then it got even worse with all the anthrax stuff. Like, yeah, because that came what like a week later. The, yeah. Yeah. the anthrax stuff was it wasn't very long after. It was, it was a few days only after. And then there was all the hate that was going. We got in a lot of trouble because when we finally got back on the air, mm-hmm. and we got uh, and the guy's brother on, who's again a cop in New York City, and I mean. Emotions were running high, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, one of the first things out of his mouth when we put him on the air, and it was, I mean, we're... back then, you know, they didn't have a dump button at MMS. Right. Oh, yeah. So there was no delay. Mm. So it wasn't like you could just get rid of the call. Right, sure. And so we're interviewing this guy who's literally standing in the rubble at ground zero. And one of the first things out of his mouth was, we're going to get those effing towel heads. <laughs> and I just looked at I was like what do I do yeah. <laughs> like, do, I, how, do I hang up on the guy but I mean and we got yelled at afterwards but what were we supposed to do and what do we want him to do well, we had it, just been attacked as a country and, yeah. and emotions were running high his brothers were killed he was you know, trying to find some of his mm-hmm. his best friends and unbury them from <laughs> the World Trade Center rubble yeah. What did you, how, how was he supposed to react? Yeah, there was a lot of anger, man. There's no doubt about that. There was definitely a lot of, a lot of. I mean, I I was an IT guy, as you can imagine, being an IT guy. There was a lot of Indian guys and um, Muslim guys and whatever that worked, same place I did. And man, I I just remember one day it might have been the first day we came back to work after, and I was walking out with this guy. Uh, his name is Bashar. He's a Muslim guy. And he asked me specifically to walk out with him because he didn't feel comfortable walking through the Muni, you know, because where, where Jones Day was, you would kind of go down right into the Muni. And he just didn't feel comfortable walking down into the Muni. And sure as shit, as we were walking out, there was people in the parking lot were like, you fucking killer Muslim motherfucker, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, holy shit. And, you know, and I'm me, so I'm mouth the back to him. I'm like, just shut the fuck up. He didn't fly the plane. You know, that's, that, that, was my, that was my brilliant comeback. Shut the fuck up. He didn't fly the plane. You know, it was like, like I'm stoking the fire even more, but I was trying to calm people down. It was, dude, we were all, none of us knew what to do. You know, we all did the things that we thought we were supposed to do with donating to firefighters and donating blood. And, you know, we all did what we thought we were supposed to do. But let's be honest, none of us knew what to do. No, I, I mean, and I feel 
I feel bad for your friend, and I feel bad for the people that sure. took abuse the way that they did. It shouldn't have happened. But at the same time, I can't necessarily blame the people that were angry. No. How are you supposed to feel when something like that happens? Dude, I knew this guy Bashar for for a while, and I still talk to him. I mean, we're still we still know each other. You know, I, I wouldn't say we're hanging out or anything, but we we still know each other. We never had a falling out or anything. I would be absolutely lying to you if right after 9-11 I didn't look at him different. I did. I absolutely, you know, this whole, where we developed to this whole, you know, about profiling and all that other shit that came kind of quickly after 9-11. I'm still a believer today, 23, what, 23 years? 22 years after? 22 years after the fact. I'm still profiling people all the time. And I think you're a fool if you don't. If you go into an area, into a, you know, wherever it is that you go, into a public, sort of public place, and you're not you're not eyeing up what's around you just to be sure, you're a fool. You know, yeah, you gotta be aware of your surroundings. You gotta and- be. Or maybe and, stuff like that doesn't happen if we were more aware back then. Yeah, well, and that's that's it. Is I, I just kind of look at it and I think, like I do it even in restaurants, man. If I go to a restaurant, I definitely sit facing the door. I will not sit back to the door. I just won't do it, you know, because I want to see what's coming in. And if I see something coming in, I want to be able to either react or get out before something happens, you know. And I, I just... I, I've always thought that. I thought it before 9-11. I think it even more after 9-11. To not profile people is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ask any cop their life depends on profiling people on a second to second basis. Absolutely. I, I've been profiled that, in that way. I mean, of course, me I had too. long hair and I had no sleeves and I had tattoos showing all over the place. And mm-hmm. I got pulled over and it wasn't because I looked like a choir boy. It was because I looked the way that I looked. And of course, I got pulled over, yeah. and I have to expect to get pulled over when I'm, I'm looking and dressing like that, dude. It is I, what it is. I I've grown my hair for ten years before, or eleven years at this point, and before when I had my crew cut, I don't think I and I was a terrible driver and a rabid drunk <laughs> driver. So oh, I, yeah. I I'm not gonna lie about anything that I used to do. I used to be a disaster, and that being said, I never got pulled over. Never since I grew my hair out, I've been pulled over six times in the last <laughs> 10 years. And I, and I know that's not a ton. And, and honestly, every single time it's been, hey, where are you coming from? What are you doing? Have you been drinking? Here, here, and no. Okay, bye. You know, they, they're, they're not dicks about it necessarily. But, you know, I know full well they see the long hair and they're like, oh, look at this. Look at this dope head. You know, that's that's what they're thinking. And and I'm glad they do. Personally, I'm glad that they do. Because I'd rather them evaluate every single person that looks looks like he could be a Sketchy. problem. Right. You know, and, and and let them go if they're not. You know, I wish they would have done that on 9-11. The, the only problem with 9-11 is none of those guys really look sketchy. I remember that day as well, and I live in Ireland. I remember watching it live on TV, people jumping to their deaths, and then the look Some of this stuff is the most terrifying. I mean, look, for the past you know, 13 years of my life on you know, AM radio, I, I've been you know, doing tributes every year to these 
you know, the nine eleven or Memorial sure. Day or Veterans Day, and uh, you know, Trib always wanted just one clip after another. We literally do four hours of clips sure. for these shows, and I had to sit and listen and watch some some of the most horrific videos from nine eleven. That's why it makes me so angry to have a president that is so just not only stupid uh, to not go to one of these uh, ceremonies, but just that uncaring. He's disrespectful to, to our nation. Disrespectful to the country. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he has no concern for showing respect to the nation. And again, you can say what you want about Donald Trump and mean tweets or whatever garbage yeah. you want to say about Donald Trump. At least he showed some damn respect to this country. Yeah. Yeah, he showed up. He didn't send his minions to throw a reef up on um, on 9-11 or on Pearl Harbor Day. He got where he needed to be. My wife and I went to Ground Zero maybe a couple of years after mm-hmm. 9-11. And before all the new museums and everything else had been built. Yeah. And so it was still just a lot of rubble and just they had an area where you could walk and kind of look. Mm-hmm. But you could still see dust on on the Burger King across the street, and you could you could see the you know the steel cross that was left there, and it was one of the most emotional days that I've ever had in my life. Uh, yeah. You could just feel the heaviness of the situation and the death that was around you. Mm-hmm. And, and again, to have a president that's more concerned about climate change because he's an asshole, yeah, than about showing up for a ceremony for on a day like today is shocking to me. Well, it shouldn't be because this guy's a piece of shit. So there's that. I know that, you know, but yeah, all of the, all of the places that you can go. I went to the um, Shanksville museum. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not even that long ago, maybe four years ago. And even there, man, you know, there's something you've obviously been to a cemetery before, right? Of course. When you go to a cemetery, no matter what the circumstances, you just feel defeated. Yes? Oh, yeah. This place at Shanksville, which is really set up to, I mean, it's beautiful the way they've laid it out, and the memorials are really beautiful and everything. And I'm telling you, I, I spent two hours there of absolute dread. Dread! Just walking around, feeling the death, feeling the innocent lives just being sucked out you know you and i don't know how to explain it other than dread that's that's how it felt nine to go to to the trade center i don't think i could do it i honestly don't think i could do it without completely losing my shit i just don't think i could Luann checks in using common sense isn't profiling that is true depends who you ask Living in Euclid on 9-11 gas station on the corner of Lakeland and 260 raised uh, their gas prices over $10 a gallon by noon. I remember Google that, too. Please shut them down for profiteering. I remember yeah. that, too. Yep, a lot of people trying to take advantage. Yeah. Now it's going to go up just because of Biden. No. <laughs> Mayor, Mayor Bibb would probably be like, if you need to do that, then go ahead. <laughs> Real quick, before we get back to 9-11, I saw some today. You realize this inflation that we're going through? They talk about the inflation rate. That that inflation rate does not include food or energy prices. Oh wow, really? <laughs> yeah. What does because it include? Like the cost of like cars or something? I, I guess, but they said that that the energy and food is too volatile to include in the inflation oh my rate. God. <laughs> 
So when you're paying $35 for meat, it's, uh, doesn't, it's not included in the, uh, the inflation rate that we have going on. Well, I know it's, it's, it's out of control. I, I, I don't have to gas my car up very often. Like literally, and this is going to make everybody listening sick, but literally I have to gas my car up about every three months. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I really don't have to gas my car up very often. And, and literally I can get to where like, my car gives me the low fuel thing and then go another month. Usually I, I just don't drive a bunch, but I had to gas my car up um, Saturday and I gassed my car up and the gas price for the cheapest is 87 at a, at sheets and twinsburg was three sixty nine a gallon, I think. And it was the first time since the Obama time that um, I had to spend 60 bucks to fill a gas tank. And I haven't had to do that since Obama. And I was like, this is way out of control. That, again, I'm not really complaining because, okay, I spent 60 bucks. I think anybody else that's listening, if they spent 60 bucks in three months, they'd be fine. But it still is. It, it's it's a monstrous, monstrous increase. You know, everything's increased. I uh, I guess a lot. <laughs> but I put twenty five dollars in my tank the other day. Yeah, twenty five bucks, and I didn't get. I got just over a quarter of a tank. Jesus, man, it's so out of control. Over just over a quarter of a tank. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be able to get to work the entire week with with what I got in gas for twenty five dollars. And 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 you know what the saddest part of it all is? Most people in 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 the country would tell you that that's extremely low what we're paying. Oh yeah, there's people that are paying more than we are. The people in California are paying six fifty seven dollars a gallon. Hang How on, is before, that not robbery? Before we go on, hang on. Biden to spend the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 outside of a 9-11 memorial or D.C. building, breaking a long tradition so that he can speak about climate change. It what a dick. People were jumping out of buildings because they Dude. didn't want to burn to death. As somebody that's been on fire, I can tell you it is not a good feeling. It's really not. To be burned to that level is the worst. And I, I can speak on this very, very clearly. I, I may not remember everything about the day that I got cooked, but I remember that real fucking clear. That was the worst feeling of all time. I can't even fathom making the choice between feeling that and jumping out of a building a hundred stories high, knowing that you're going to be turned into jello in the next 20 seconds or whatever. How do you even make that decision, man? You know, how, how, do you, how do you do it? I can't imagine that I... I what would you do? 
And you know how it feels. You know how it feels to be burned I, alive. I think I would be burned alive again, personally. I I, I I hate to say that I've been thinking about that because, but again, it's something we've talked about this morning. With that, there was a, and I, I should find the video, but I'm not going to take the time right now because we've got a band coming up in a little bit. Tapper is sure. going to be joining us shortly. Right. Um, but there's video of a guy who's a cameraman, and he was literally watching uh, people dive out of these buildings and he just said the speed was just so great to which they were falling yeah and but he remembers a woman and a man who jumped out one was a woman was wearing a blue dress and he remembers the color of the dress but he remembers they were holding hands as they were falling right to their death and i think they said like one of the first firefighter deaths i believe was because a body fell from the tower and hit stories up and hit him hit him well, I, I mean, dude, that's the kind of nightmare that it was. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's an impossible decision. What to do? That's where, you know, you played that that audio a little at the beginning of with the the operator trying to be all casual. That actually made me mad. Listening to it now makes me mad. She's like, "Oh no, what? What? You can't see what's going on? Are the lights on?" It's the lady's like, "I'm fucking burning up," and she's like, "Oh, is it hot in there? Are the lights on?" But Are the lights on. But what would you do? How do you how do you react to how do you handle a situation like that when you're a dispatcher? You have to remain calm. You do you're have getting, to remain calm. You're probably getting a thousand calls from people that are all over the place on the ground. They're getting a building. They're all over the place trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I'm what not, do you do? You I'm have to remain composed. I'm not saying that she was purposely disrespectful. No. What I'm saying is, yeah, it sucks. It sucks and. But at the same time, she could have, and again, this is all Monday morning quarterbacking here, but it it's terribly offensive to go at somebody like they're a child when they're literally dying. Well, the one thing that I, I you knew that she started to understand the gravity of the situation when she told the woman, say your prayers. Right, right, right. Because... She knew that that woman was yeah, not going to make it out of that tower. It. Exactly, it's terrible. It's and terrible. she was telling her to say say your prayers. Mm-hmm. The whole situation is terrible. I hate even thinking about it every year. I hate it. I know, but it's something. You know, if we, we don't to, think we... about it, we're going to forget about it. Yeah. Like those jackasses who think January sixth was a, a bigger deal. Yeah, I agree. I do um, agree. All right, we got our guest waiting in the wings here, so I want to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Right. Tapper coming up. Hang on. There's no place like home, and whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire.
Now joined by one of my uh, favorite bands back in that day, dude. I was loving the rock scene. Hell yes, uh, Stephen Richard Singer from Taproot. How are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me. And I apologize. I'll probably be way more boring than whatever I was watching before you got me in here. That seemed pretty <laughs> intense. But dude, it's much better to talk about that part of that time oh. period than 9-11. That's for yeah. sure. I do want to ask you about that though, because you guys were playing music at that time. And so, what was that day like for you you happen to join us on 9 11 so i want to ask you what you guys were doing or what you were doing and when that Fair enough. it was nuts um we were in california uh we're from michigan the east coast uh so for us when we were in los angeles uh it was more like six in the morning rather than nine <laughs> right yeah. so uh it was kind of crazy long story short my girlfriend that was still back here on the east coast called my hotel room um, and there were some shenanigans that I wasn't up to, but basically I was getting yelled at to turn on the TV, turn on the TV. So I did. And we were like, oh crap. And then, you know, we were like, we got to get home. We got to get home, talk to our family, all that stuff. And of course all the, you know, airports were shut down and stuff. So we just rented a car and drove straight back home nonstop, like 23 hours. Wow. It was a crazy time, man. I'm telling you, we've been, before we came on, we were just rehashing you know, all the, stuff that's been going on and you know, don't forget it it's just one of those things you can't forget absolutely i haven't had a chance to go to the memorial and the stuff yet like i haven't been in new york recently but we're going uh in a couple months we're playing a show there so i'm gonna try to swing by there because that would be epic and uh, yeah today's not the best of memories but i i know yeah. everyone's getting better with it at least on a lighter note i want to say ohio just because you guys are from <laughs> Ann Arbor, and you guys for one for some reason have a decent football team uh, this year up there, and I'm not a big fan of that. I am a yeah, Buckeye nice. fan hey. through, but I, I wish you guys the best of luck and until you play Ohio State. And, you know, I, I appreciate it, and I, I I can't say that I'm a huge huge. You know, whatever. I'm I'm fine with the. I will. I, it is kind of interesting when they do win, but I'm still more of the anti-Michigan State guy than the Ohio <laughs> State because I, I honestly love Columbus. Like I'm a hockey kid too, so you guys got the Blue Jackets. Yeah. I'm all good you with go. you. All well, good with you. You should be happy then. Michigan State's uh, football coach is now suspended for sexually harassing somebody. So yeah. that team sucks, Jesus. and you know that's good too. So yeah, it's all good. All good. It is. You know, it's good news if Michigan State makes national headlines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, let's talk about you guys making some national headlines. First time in 11 years you're giving us a record, man. Talk, let's let's start with the obvious. Where the hell have you guys been recording-wise? <laughs> Actually, the last six years is what I've spent working on this. It's just I could oh. only work maybe four hours a week, you know, doing the normal family with the, the eight or crap. My job was 730 to four job right um but so i could only get in a couple hours out of the week um in 2012 we did our last release the episodes uh we toured on that for a little while but this record that we're promoting right now i actually wrote 85 percent of it back then before we kind of did a little hiatus from each other but so I'm finally happy to get it released you know i worked for a long time as hard as i could possibly to uh 
I, I really only finished it because when my mom passed away, I needed that creative outlet and I was kind of just going to put it out on my own. Just like, Hey guys, you know, anyone that cares, whatever, but, um, Phil, the bassist, you know, he was like, that's not fair to Taproot because he knew the songs, you know, 10, sure. 11 years ago too. He was like, you wrote this to be the next Taproot record. Let's make it a Taproot record. I'm like, Oh, okay. So now we're doing interviews and actually getting some attention, which is cool. Cause you know, I just wanted people to hear the music, but the more people we can reach, then the, the better it is. Like, cause I think there's some pretty inspirational songs. Sure. Well, and the, the one thing I was reading and tell me if it's wrong, but you know, cause it came off the press release. So I will, that's always to be judged as well. It might be real, but is that you really put your finger, your stamp on all of it, writing, recording, producing, performing every last little nuance of this thing other than other than just the performance pieces from the other guys is all you is that true uh i think i'll go the the band route but technically i i could be honest i guess since i'm here it's uh from beginning to end except for the mixing mastering that's actually all me oh wow wow so so to do that i i i'm always curious about this with with you guys to do that, especially when you put your your ear in the production room, it becomes really hard to judge your. It either becomes really hard to judge yourself as a musician, mm. or it becomes super easy to never finish because you spend too much time judging every last note. Yeah. Where did where did you line up with that, and how did you make the decisions on when to when something was right and when some when it was okay to stop and move forward? Um, honestly, like a lot of people don't realize like our first record and then our fifth record were pretty much mostly me too when it okay. comes to the writing. Not a lot of people realize that I grew up playing drums and then taught myself guitar and then got forced into singing. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was just, it's, it's easier to find drummers than it is to find singers. So I kind of got stuck doing that. But, uh, as, as far as the material that's on here, I don't really question too much of it it's kind of weird because most of the tracks of me singing on this record are actually just scratch tracks I, I didn't have enough time to put you know hours and hours just of vocals you know out this would have been next year if i was just spending that much time on the vocals um so it's mostly just it's fixed there's a guy named matt maplant or matt laplant who uh mixed and mastered it and he he just like brought everything to the best it can sound you know for years and years it was me just sitting in front of a board they even switched the board on me you know at the studio i'm at the loft and celine so i was trying to figure out how to do the production side more than anything with the songs the songs are kind of like i said they were already written 10 years ago to be the next tapper record so there wasn't too much adjustments or whatever and i think not having external input is kind of cool it almost seems like a lot of people were reacting better because it's just me how it is and that's like a lot more like our fans of the first record gift that's what they got we didn't right. rewrite or write any songs for gift except for one song everything else we just re-recorded demos so that was us so right do you do you feel like that the production why and we'll get into the actual record itself i'm always i'm i'm like production guy i'm always yeah. interested in this especially how it's changed so much mm -hmm. you know now and I think uh, uh, for me, as somebody that's listened to your music for 20 whatever years it's been, you know, there's a difference in the sound. And I don't think it's a difference, like a hard 
change in performance. I do think there's a very hard change production-wise, whether it's a bigger sound or a more crisp sound or, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's definite differences just from a sonic standpoint. Do you hear that and do you make those choices or does the technology make that choice for you? Uh, are you talking about the new album? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I didn't know if you got to hear the whole thing or not or whatever. Um, that's a happy mix. The guy I mentioned earlier, Matt, um, I'm self-taught on everything. So when I recorded everything, I'm still used to hearing the demo or, you know, me, the process, and I'm just right. over everything the way I have it sound. So once he came in, brought the EQ a little bit more proper, because me, I just want it crisp and, you know, <laughs> right. screaming. And it's like, calm down, you know? So now I know to judge, I know to judge a good sounding thing by watching my rear view mirror. Cause that's the only stereo I have is the car. Right. And so uh, hearing the new material and then comparing it to like real music. Cause I don't listen. I've been stuck doing my own stuff. The last thing I want to do is listen to music. So like, who are you sure. inspired by right now? I don't know. I don't, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> like, you know? I think that was going to be kind of my question is that, you know, back when you guys hit big with poem and stuff like that, uh, the rock scene was, fucking cool i mean like there was like good bands you guys were one of those great bands and now rock music sucks and so it's nice to hear some like new stuff from like you guys coming back out and i I like that so how different is it making it today compared to what it was back then uh we'll find out you know it's still just putting (laughs) out the new release i mean for me it's kind of cool that we're actually doing shows again like uh we were we we're supposed to play a show two days ago, a huge festival we just got closed down because the weather wasn't great, but it was just one show booked up. And then when it turned into the scissors album coming out, you know, now we're doing like 20 shows over the last couple of months of this year. That's something I didn't expect. So that'll be nice to get some, you know, press and, you know, meet new fans as well as, you know, hang out with the old ones that we already know. Um, but if this thing can do anything, you know, commercially, that would be killer. So I think it's still going to be harder, obviously, than when you had Atlantic Records behind you and they know that you clearly just wrote. People don't realize I wrote poem in like five minutes as a joke. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It's a good I mean, joke. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, there is a song on this one that's not a joke, but I took the same type of formula. Um, it's called Favorite Song, and it's literally the lyrics about any any one of us can relate to the idea that if you sing along with a song, you probably don't know all the lyrics anyway. You just kind of make them up. Right. So the song's called Favorite Song is because I literally sing. I don't even know the lyrics to my favorite song, but every time I seem to sing along. So I think everyone can relate to that. So anyone that hears it will be like, oh, I get it. Okay. Because with poem, it was just the, huh, what has everyone read and heard before? Right. In case of fire, break the glass. Guess I'll write a song around that. <laughs> Work out. The verses are very important, though. Those are actually like inner turmoil, you know, PTSD type of stuff going on in my head. But, you know, it was all written about, you know, in case of the fire, break the glass. That's me like having a panic attack. So the song was important, but it was just literally writing a heavy riff and going like, cool. Sure. Dude, you've obviously done this a lot in your career, but is it easy, hard frustrating every time you put out a record etc to reveal personal stuff and i and I'll, I'll tell you like for me i write books and sometimes i don't like i don't like when somebody questions me on something that you know because i know how it went right and then when they bring it back to me 
and I know what I wrote, and I know what I was seeing in my head, and they're like, well, this is what I know, you know? No, that's right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, is that, do, do you get frustrated with that? Because everybody adapts musician-wise. You know what you're trying to say. Right. But um, but when you take a song, it could, they could relate it to something totally, you might have wrote a breakup song that they take to the death of a loved one or a parent or something, you know, right. just totally rework it in there. And it, when that happens to me, it feels weird. How do you take it? Uh, I think once it's written and performed and out of my mind, like I, I got that off my chest. Okay. So if someone comes up to me, like you're saying, and relates to it in a different way, I'm not going to be like, well, no, right. it, 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 it's up to, you know, it's up to the creative mind and however they perceive it or take it. Or even if it's the long, wrong lyrics, I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's however it makes them feel unless it's in a bad way. And then I'll try to steer them down the right path. But usually right. it's someone relating to what I went through, even if it's wrong, like good on them because it's doing something positive for them so that's you know if you get me wrong hey whatever but if you want to ask me anything i'll tell you anything you want to know do, do you want to punch the people who came up with spotify and apple music and all this garbage uh like in a face because you're not getting paid for it would you rather go back to cds i mean how difficult is it for you guys especially coming out with like new stuff and uh to, to put it out there to people I have a CD. See, that's what I want. <laughs> well, that's the kind of stuff that we need instead of this. Everything I, oh, look it up on Spotify. I don't want to look it up on Spotify. I want yeah. to go to a store and pick it up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of depressing that that's, you know, that's the way it is. But people are now scrambling. Like, that's I'm just hands off. I'm done with the record. I'll play some shows and my songs are out there. You know, I've got some people helping out, you know, Tom with our, you know, management company and all that. They're the ones that know, you know, I've been out of the business forever, like aside from right. knowing how to play and write. Um, I don't get the strategies, but my friend Elias from Nonpoint, um, he knows how to work the thing. They know that you have to release song by song and then do mm -hmm. content, content, keep that never ending. And it's still I know I'm not going to make royalties off of, you know, the most important song that I've written, like to me. Um at all just by spins but at the end of the day you know i can't say that i'm just after for the money i just want people to have that connection and i'll just hope for the best and hope that something yeah. good comes out of it yeah but, but at the same time this is how you get paid i mean i know you said you had another job but i mean you guys are a rock band you guys are a good band you guys have been a popular band for a lot of years and this is how you should be making your money and i think that now they're making it almost impossible for artists like you guys to make cash doing it. you have to tour the entire year to make yeah. a good living yeah I, I i agree i actually quit my job just so i could finish up these shows this year and then pray to god i'll be able to survive at least for a couple weeks before i can try to find a new job but <laughs> no, i'm with you it, it was like a bummer even before the modern day stuff right now it was uh like six weeks two months before our first record came out we still sold you know three hundred fifty thousand or whatever but that right. was like right when it, it got leaked to napster just a couple months before oh. it came out and that was like right when lars sued napster and then everyone right. was pissed at lars for suing napster and then we're like no napster's bad <laughs> napster's not good <laughs> it's bad. so i get i mean so i'm back back to those days you know um it's all streamed off of that. So I'm, I'm not a fan of, and, you know, I will not pay for, you know, premium 
Spotify or anything right. that costs money. Um, but I am guilty of, you know, if I need to hear a song quick, I'll look it up because it is harder to find CDs and it is, you know, harder to support people. But if there is someone worth supporting, do it. Absolutely. There is a whole internet, not just the one website. Right. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, dude, this is the weird thing. And, and I only know this cause it's my job in real life is, um, you know, I, I literally take guys like you and find you the royalties that are being accrued, but you're not getting. Oh. You know, the, you know, so you're you want to talk about that. That's another conversation. I'll tell Shona to put us in, in contact. Fair enough. What is, what is surprising to me is they make it so that it's almost impossible for you guys to get your money. Mm-hmm. They make it so difficult. And, and again, most people don't know this piece of the business. I only do because it's what I do, right. you know, but they, it, you would think, you would think you sign up for a company that says, collect my royalties and right. pay me. And they would collect your royalties and pay you. And then you find out that you're getting one third, if not less, because there's all these different rights companies outside of the United States and Canada. And there's right. DSPs all over the place. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you have to be almost a computer tech to get paid. And I'm a believer that that's on purpose. I fully, fully believe that the it's to the industry's benefit to keep you guys hungry and keep you guys feeding them. Oh yeah. That's uh, a lot of people don't realize how, you know, unless you're Beyonce or, you know, someone huge mm-hmm. when you're like, even when we were at our most successful, we got dropped from Atlantic records owing two point something million. Ugh. So people are like, oh, my God, they lost that much money off you guys. How are you paying that back? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. They still made over $10 million off of us. Mm-hmm. We just owed them the $2 million that they're entitled to because we only get 10% of our album sales until right. till their 90% is paid off with our 10%. And Hard they can and they convinced you as 20 year olds that you needed to spend that $350,000 on the video. And, and yeah. you know, they convinced you of that stuff when you were 22 and you're like, yeah, cool. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It will get you as many texts as you want. Let's get some pyro. And, you know, right. yeah. So like, you know, people that don't realize it, it's since we only get 10% of what we sold, if we were doing a $70,000 tour for a bus and staff and whatever for two or three months at a time, if we spent $70,000, we'd have to sell 70,000 albums to even see a dollar on the next record. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nutty, man. It's, it's, it's worse now. That's the worst part about it. It's way worse now. Now you're almost better to put them in your, in the trunk of the other, one of the cars that you're on tour with and just open it up and here. It's 20 true. bucks, you yes. know, 20 That's, bucks is 20 bucks. You know, yeah. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's very different. It was kind of weird too. Cause that festival we were supposed to do this weekend, it was like going to be a big deal, but then it turned out that, um, even if we were going to sell merchandise, if we would have got to play, we'd only mm-hmm. be able to, they'd be doing it. We'd have to send them the stuff ahead of time. Anything left over, they got to keep. Right. And, anything and they'd take 30% and they'd sell it. So <laughs> oh, God. You know, that's like you were just saying, I was like, well, you know, shit, the 
they're not we're not doing the show but who's to say we just couldn't go down the street where everyone has to leave and if there's mm-hmm. you know, five or six tapri fans that see a shirt and they're like oh we can't because we ended up uh, after the our day was canceled we ended up going letting people on facebook know i guess uh we ended up going bowling just to, like have a okay. meet and greet and a fun time and have some cocktails yeah. and all that and so we met a couple that came in from la we met a couple that flew in from oh god alaska couple that came in from utah <laughs> so right. at least we got to hang out with them you know give them guitar picks and have a couple drinks and all that stuff so that was cool we tried to make the best out of it but that really sucks for, i mean there were people that paid hundreds and hundreds to just camp out for a four-day festival and they got st- stuck with only like half a day worth of watching and it all got canceled this was blue ridge blue ridge rock fest yeah blue ridge rock fest yeah dude I- I, I was I was seeing some stuff. Uh, one one of one of my friends is Eric Ferentinos who plays um, guitar for yeah. Stephen Piercy. Yeah, and he they got to play. They played on Thursday, yeah. so they got to play. And my first question to him was, "Did you get paid?" Because <laughs> you know, I'm not buying that the weather was so bad. I've I've, I've heard it was bad. I've yeah. also heard other things. I'll just leave it there. I've heard other yeah. things yeah. about what's going on. Did you guys get what you were supposed to get? I am not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure there's at least half, like, you know, it's like kind of half guaranteed. And then, you know, like maybe we didn't, even though it's not our fault, we didn't perform. Right. So I'm not sure, but I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure we at least get half. All right. Well, that's um, good. But uh, that's actually a good question. I have to get our, uh, our manager, is, as I knew, he was like still a half hour away from home about a half hour ago. And he had a long, he had a long drive all the way to middle Wisconsin from down there in Virginia. So Is that Tom Hazard? Yes, sir. Yeah, Very... I know Tom. I know oh, right. Tom. Oh, I'm sure you do. Everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're in Cleveland too, so we definitely know Tom. <laughs> right at oh, Cleveland. City where Bone Thugs comes from. That's right. <laughs> do you like doing the festival thing or do you prefer like the small clubs and, and, and stuff like where you could be like the headliners, or do you like doing the big festival deals? I like them both for different reasons. Um, I think the festival ones are cool because you get to try to make new fans as well as see the old fans. And I'm a guy that like, if they're not having fun, I'm going to go out there and make you have fun. Like if if there's no one doing anything and you're just standing there on your phone, well, A, I'll grab your phone, get the crowd for you. And then B, I'll just come out and start a mosh pit or jump off something that's happening. So So I like the outdoor stuff um, more for like appealing to more new people and, you know, playing with some other great bands. I mean, that festival that just shut down, there was some great bands that I would have loved to have seen and stuff, but um, you know, and you get to play less songs. Right. <laughs> I'm closer to 50 than to 40. So <laughs> if we can, if we can get a decent chunk for like seven or eight songs rather than a smaller chunk for like 15, that's cool too. But obviously growing up in clubs, going to see bands in clubs, that's where it's actually at. It's more intimate. That's interaction. It's, you know, so headlining is the way to do it, but you know, I'm down for a couple festivals a year. That's cool too. I, I, think think I, I saw you guys in Ozfest way back in the day. Like mm-hmm. what year was it? 2001. I think maybe you guys played Ozfest. We did 2000 and 2001. I think that's 2001 and it was, it was amazing, but now I'm even fatter than I was back then. And so like <laughs> going to these like 
12 hour festivals. I sweat to death and I'm next to having a heart attack laying on the floor before you guys actually come on stage. Right. And so, you know, I like to go see a, a club and where it's kind of cool and then I can party a little bit yeah. and then you know, see the bands that I like. So I don't know. I guess that's a mix for me too. I think yeah. you would have hated this one, Seth, because it was what four, four days? days and I think like 80 bands. Oh, God. It was like 140. 100. Yeah. Or some crazy. Now, I know it was what four stages and each stage was constantly going it yeah oh it looked it, it looked like way too much for me i would have showed up sunday at about 10 o'clock to see pantera and i'd have been good right yeah <laughs> i hear you well that's the uh that's the it's not just those four stages all day but they also then have like the after hour ones that also have like six ten yeah. twelve artists you know it's more of the hip-hop stuff yeah but two chains was in it and stuff yeah yeah uh, yeah i think vanilla ice was there what would you yeah. do vanilla ice. ice was at this thing two chains yeah. insane clown posse i think showed up yeah and, they did yeah I, yep. well they were supposed to i wonder if they did or not now you know now you gotta wonder who showed up that's true yeah it was weird when we were trying to get in we finally got in towards where we were dressing they were just like oh we're gonna push it back a couple hours and then ask you guys to play you know just a shorter set i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> from nine songs down to like six hell yes <laughs> but, uh, that was the weird thing too is because the first real bad weather day like i know it was pretty bad at least from the people that we talked to i, I know it was ran worse which i think is the biggest issue sure. but the, the people were stranded like they could not get out of there for like six hours for us getting into the venue the day we think we're getting play or we're playing took us a good hour and a half of just waiting in a line of trucks and cars before we sure. could even get to the area so um but i don't know it was it could have been better but either way as i was about to say that when we were there waiting to go on it was literally just drizzling a little bit of rain on and off no storming nothing crazy like back on Ozfest, all of us would have been outside, you know, rain or shine. You're, right. you're like we've been on stage. We were on tour with Deftones a long time ago, but we were on stage when the stage got hit by lightning. Oh wow! <laughs> it's it's raining. You're still playing. Go for it. Oh, there's lightning. Okay, time out. Everyone leave. <laughs> That's but yeah. So I was kind of like, why isn't there anyone playing? But I think on um, you know in hindsight, just knowing how bad it was with how they weren't prepared for the bad weather i think sure. they were just covering their ass on the later ones like it's raining let's just call it so well or there's something in and again i'm i'm being conspiracy theorist here i'm definitely not saying i know anything okay. but um claiming that there's an act of god sometimes gets the insurance to pay things where canceling because you're your employees all stop working does not. So right. Right. Fair enough. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, I mean, it all makes sense to me and I'm, I'm a pretty big conspiracy guy myself. So I, I think what you're saying isn't all that big of a conspiracy though. I think, you know, yeah. I've yeah. seen it a lot online, but that's, that's why I mentioned that it was ran poorly and that's right. probably why it took so long for people to get out of the place for six hours. Cause their school buses were full. They were breaking right. down. Like, so Ugh. No wonder people didn't want to be part of the S show. And yes, they're claiming, you know, the Lord hates yeah. us and decided to <laughs> right. it's on us in Virginia for three days. Right. No, and no. apparently he hates Burning Man. He hates everything else. <laughs> yeah. Firefest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I saw a video though of the Burning Man and people are trying to get out of you know, out of there. And it was like forever to hours upon hours of traffic. And I'm looking at this video and it's a fucking desert. 
they could drive wherever the hell they wanted to go and not sit in his line of traffic for three days. Yeah. Yet they're all standing in like one line. Like go out and <laughs> go drive and be okay. Right. Yeah. This, yeah, I don't know. Screw those festivals. I'm too fat and old to go to those things. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, we, we were leaving Sunday either way. So I was like, all right, you know, I might have stayed for Megadeth. Probably not. That would have been yeah. cool, but I need to go back. I had my wife. It was her first time seeing us in a long time. She's only been to like two of our shows. And okay. she, she hates us. So. <laughs> I, I was going to have to get her the hell out. Uh, but so we were, you know, I'm just happy that the bowling thing worked out because, you yeah. know, it, it was hanging out with, you know, people that we care about and that sure. care about us. And then it was also, you know, a good time to get a little bit tossed. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Well, <laughs> well dude, dude, one thing I have noticed lately is that it really seems like the the late 90s, maybe like 95 to 2005 era bands are starting to get what the eighties bands have had for the last 10, 15 years. That, that real nostalgia kick mm -hmm. where, where people are, you know, they're just aging into that part where they want to, they got just enough energy to do it one more time type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Are you seeing that? And how good is that for a band like yours that definitely had significant success during that period? Oh, yeah. That's kind of what I was told when we got, you know, offers. We got offers to do tours that we just couldn't commit to with just basic politics. It would have been sure. great tours, but kind of the, you know, we survive off of selling merch. And if you're getting limited merch in front of a band that has tons more merch. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, so we had to turn that stuff down. But no, I, I know the... It's the new generation's generation because yes, it's all people our age want the nostalgia too. But then, mm -hmm. of course, of course, we've been you know force feeding our kids our music, <laughs> right? <laughs> so now the kids want to see our music too. So there's a lot of that too. So it's definitely full circle, um, and yeah, it's really cool. That's why they timed it out for the the CD to come out um, on September 29th, and it's you know we're, we're playing shows with a lot of relative bands and the blue ridge fest like there was cool new day heavy stuff but there yeah. was a lot of throwback stuff and even throwback more stuff like pantera mm -hmm. and like oh my god i saw those guys so many times as a kid sure. and then, then there's a whole bunch of bands that probably thought that of us like oh my god i saw taproot so many times but probably not but maybe <laughs> very cool man well dude let's let's wrap this one up talking about the new single favorite song which you mentioned and it is a fun tune it also features a guy that you also mentioned who's one of my favorite guys in the business which is elias yeah just the coolest guy and i don't think and i'm sure you can justify this statement i don't think anybody gives this guy enough credit for how smart he and rob are those oh, yeah. two guys are brilliant at marketing Absolutely. You know, that's, talk, that's, talk. Yeah, that's, that's what I was bringing up, you know, yeah. like he was before Tom, like, you know, I was talking mm -hmm. to him about the, you know, the song and, you know, he'd send me the stuff and I'd tweak a couple things. He sent me more, but we had a really good long talk about, you know, the whole with, with we were talking about Spotify, Spotify and Apple music, you know, it, it's no longer like, here's your record. Right. I'm kind of still doing it that way for a record release party at our hometown in, sure, in, sure. 
you know, machine shop in Flint. So we do have physical copies for people that are at those shows. Um, and I know that that's just a select few, but yes, it's all the streaming and stuff, but he was the one that kind of gave me the lowdown. It's like, it's no longer, you just put your record out and hope that all the songs get just bought in one lump sum. It's out there. Like, no, you need to release the song, let it go, release a song. Okay. Boom, go, go two at once. Take some time off. Oh, here's a new one, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's 11 tracks on this record. Um, so we've already released three favorite song is the third one. And that's the one that we're just kind of trying to press before the, uh, the release date. Um, so we're hoping that it gets picked up. I think we've been added at three radio stations, probably not the biggest ones, but hopefully good enough. And, you know, cause I know it's, it takes a lot of guts nowadays to beat the algorithm of how you're going to get your songs on radio. And it's always the first one is taking a risk. Okay. The second one, but at some point, maybe some of the bigger stations will be like, why are these guys adding this? And if it's working, then it works and it works. But um, again, that's not my focus. It's just getting this new favorite song out to the public. And I, from what I've heard so far, everyone seems to love it. And it's not just like, oh, good job, Steve. But it's more like <laughs> literally like every time I listen to this song, I can't get it out of my head. And when I wake up the next day, I'm still saying, hey, oh, la da 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 like, <laughs> Ah, get out of my head so that, that's kind of you know that's i think it's a special song so i hope it you know it, if it doesn't go commercially that's cool i just hope it reaches enough people that get the entertainment value of it as well as go like wow that is so boom no one could say that more because i i still don't know the words to like one of my favorite records dirt by Austin chains oh yeah yeah if i went to go sing karaoke I'd still, I'd still have to read probably, you know, I'd probably want to do Rooster because I love that song, just Lane's vocals and stuff. I'd probably have to read 55% of the words on the screen. Da, 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 Rooster. Rooster. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Nailed it. Oh, oh it's oh yeah, not oh no. Okay. <laughs> Too good, man. Well, dude, obviously, man, the new album Scissors is September 29th. It hits for people that want to get it where do we tell people to go to get it if they want to buy physical product because we are not going to tell them to go to spotify or wherever we're going to tell them to buy something fair enough um i'm pretty sure taproot official is like the website so taprootofficial.com and there's you know taprootmerch.com it's all it's all tied in with tom and there's the tko the volatile the guy that do you know they do our merch they do our management do all that stuff um but i'm mostly an instagram guy so you can (laughs) can find out on mine it's uh at scissors spelled, you know, the lesbian act, like I intentionally. <laughs> made it. Um, but yeah, no, that it's a taproot official and official taproot, all that jazz. You can, you can find it online, but um, you know, it's, I just, I'm grateful for you guys having me on here. This is really cool. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Right. And I guess we're going to end it with a, we'll play it. We'll play it with the song. song. Yeah, of course. Sweet. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thank you guys. Jam up. I broke. Right on. Cause I don't even know the genre to my favorite song. And every time I seem to sing.
Alexa, play Taproot. I'm digging that, man. I, I like that stuff. It's fun, man. It's, I think it still has the same kind of sound that they did back in the in the other mm-hmm. 2000s. I mean, you know, it's a little bit different, but it's not far yeah. off. I'll tell you that. Dude, the record's really good. You know, he can he can say all the things about it being different and long time away and blah blah blah. He wants it. Sounds like Taproot. Yeah, it's an excellent record. I got to hear the whole thing. thing. I got to hear the whole thing. I will send it over to you, sir. I appreciate it's, that. It's really worth hearing. It's very good. So, he was fun too. Cool. I was fun. Guy. Yeah, he's a nice, nice guy. Yeah, he was a lot of fun, even if he does live in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you like how I started off that interview? Oh, age. <laughs> and he was like, "Huh?" Well, I think he cared even a little bit. That's no. fine. <laughs> he's, he's he's probably never watched a Ohio State Michigan game in his life. Yeah, the Buckeye and me wanted to hang up as soon as we got him on the on the on the screen, but then you know, I, was like, <laughs> I like the music. He's a cool guy. Taproot was one of them bands, man. They were just, they were like kind of there a lot. Like they played here a ton, didn't they? Yeah. And they were, dude. I know you and I differ a little bit on this, but that's my favorite era of music as far as rock stuff goes. I love that. I love a lot of that era. My only problem with that era is there were a lot of bands that were made to be popular that really didn't deserve to be popular in that era. Give me a, an example. Deftones. You didn't like the Deftones? No. I liked the first record when they were a metal band. But oh. then when Chino started whining in every stupid song, I wanted to <laughs> vomit. Uh, 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 yeah. It's like, <laughs> shut up. Dude, my favorite Chino story, though, I was uh, I went to it was Godsmack, and they were opening for Godsmack. Okay. And at Blossom. And so went to... Uh, uh, I actually got on a tour bus with uh, Godsmack. They picked me up from my house. Okay. And, and and their tour bus, which was pretty sweet. But went to Blossom, went backstage, having dinner with everybody back there. And Chino comes up to me. I'm smoking a cigarette. Right. And dude, was fucking Chino. And it was a cool guy. My ex-wife just had a thing for the guy. I just thought <laughs> he was like hot guy. And, As did every woman in that era. Yeah. Era, <laughs> they love that dude. And so he sits on the table where I'm just sitting there smoking a cigarette, but he sits on the table, like right in front of me. Right. And he's like, man, can I get a, can I get a cigarette? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'm reaching for my pack of cigarettes, open it up. He's like, no, no, this is fine. And he yanks the one out of my mouth and he smokes the rest of my cigarette that I had, <laughs> that I was literally just chewing on and sucking on. Cause I got this oral fixation. I'm like, ah, gnawing on this cigarette. And he takes it out of my mouth. And he finishes my cigarette and just tosses it on the ground. Thanks, bro. Uh, <laughs> my ex-wife picks up the cigarette that now he has had in his mouth and I had in my mouth sure. and, and puts it in a baggie that was <laughs> Collectible. in the kitchen backstage and she held on to it and kept it like forever. And I was like, all right, dude, if that was, I threw out 112,000 cigarettes on the ground somewhere. You've never picked one up. Right. This dude takes the cigarette out of my mouth and puts it in his mouth and you are going to save this cigarette. It's like, like it's gold or something. Sure. But dude, when you listen back to those bands like Taproot and whatever, is that like as heavy as you liked it? Or did you like the the God forbids and the slipknots and stuff that was way heavier? I wasn't a huge way heavier guy. I like a melody okay. a lot in my stuff. I mean, I like some of the old school metal. So you're more metal like, like Incubus like... Chevelle Papa Roach. But I mean I like I, I like Slayer and some you know stuff sure. like that at times. But I mean my 
for that era of music, I mean, the Slipknots, I mean, maybe the heaviest I got was like a mud vein or something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But you were like down with like Disturbed and stuff oh, like I that. Oh, I love Disturbed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, dude, I like all those bands. I, most of them. Never was a huge, huge, huge fan of Chevelle. Never really was. Yeah. I like some of the first time. I, I thought they were pretty good. I, I didn't have a problem with, with some of their stuff. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were overplayed. Like a lot of those bands well, were a lot like, of way that. overplayed. Yeah, Three um, Days Grace and Matchbox Twenty and all those. And, and I see. Now I wasn't into those bands. Those bands were oof. Those bands were rough. Uh, but I saw Chevelle open up for Disturbed, actually, at uh, CSU. Okay. And it was one of these times where I, like, I had like a backstage pass, so I thought it was cool. But I had like seats that were they were kind of far back. They were lower bowl, but they were far mm-hmm. back in the, in the arena. But I could, with my pass, I could use wherever I wanted to go. Right, sure. And so I was like, all right, sweet. I had just go to the bathroom. And I was like, I could go down this hallway that's literally 35 feet away from me. And go to the bathroom, but I just said, "No, I'm going to walk across the entire arena floor because I can <laughs> right. walk up onto the stage and go backstage to the bathroom, <laughs> just because I had that kind of, you know, the pass and everything." Sure. <laughs> but I, I get backstage and I'm use the restroom, whatever, and I said, "I'm going to sit on the side of the stage, watch some of the show," and I'm standing there, and David Draymond came up to me. Yeah, and you know the. They weren't coming up for a little bit yet. And so Disturbed wasn't coming up for a little bit yet. He's like, are you uh, with one of the bands? I was like, no, I'm with the radio station. He's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. And I told him MMS. And he actually thought that was pretty cool. And so he said, you want to go have some dinner? And I was like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Like, David Draymond's asking me to have some dinner with him. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. And so my big fat ass, and back then I was like 100 pounds heavier than I am now. I was a big dude. Right. And I walked backstage and with him and go back to this room and he had this buffet set up. It was all healthy freaking food. Right. Which kind of pissed me off. But I ate it anyways because I was backstage having dinner with Disturbed. And <laughs> I just, I love those days, man. That, maybe maybe that's why I like the music so much. Yeah. Because it was kind of like my heyday on that, on MMS was playing their stuff. Sure. Dude, I, I, I could tell you unequivocally, anybody that I partied with became a favorite of mine. Even yeah. if it's music you would never expect me to listen to. I'll tell you one that I am an absolute fan of for no other reason than they were the coolest of the cool to party with. No doubt. Really? really? And, really? and you would never think of me as, as no. listening to Don't Speak or whatever. <laughs> you know? But... I'm telling. I was at Buzzard Fest. Remember Buzzard Fest oh, yeah. at Blossom? Yeah. Yep. And and Matt and I. I think you were working that fest, weren't you? I think you were. Was it '97? I think that no, was. I, there I, no, I. Yeah, I started in '98. Okay, so so my memory's a little cloudy, but I will say that I what I do remember. I was I was at the show. Me and Matt, and we were taking turns introducing bands. Like we were, there was two stages running and we were introing on like the little stage. And then I forget who was on the main stage. It was whoever was the big, the morning show at the time was introing on the big stage. Right. Is that Liz Wild? It could have been. It probably was Liz Wild. But I just remember I intro, this was when No Doubt was brand new. And I introed No Doubt and um, the drummer. And Gwen, after the set, they're like, what are you doing right now? 
And I was like, oh, I'm just sitting here waiting for whatever band until they, they're supposed to go up and I'm supposed to intro them. Come on over here. So we, I follow them. They take me back to, they had a, like a, what is it? Like a camper type deal it was before they even had yeah. a bus. Right. They had like a camper deal. <laughs> and, and we get, we all pile into this little tiny camper thing and just got hammered, hammered. They were drinking shots of vodka and um, Jim Beam, just mixing and matching. And I was right in there for it. So we're pounding drinks, right? I totally missed my next intro that I was supposed to do. Because <laughs> I, I, I was supposed to intro, um, what's her name? Meredith Brooks. <laughs> The bitch song yeah. like that that was like super huge at the time. The A I, song. Yeah, I just missed it completely. I, I I come out hammered after partying with them for a while, and Wardlaw comes up to me. He's like, "Where the fuck were you at?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" It's like you totally missed. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so, oh no no no! I, I, they must not have gone on. He's like, "I know they went on. I introduced them." <laughs> 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 but. We were just partying. It was such a good time. And that whole festival, considering it was a lot of music that I kind of wasn't really that into, yeah. that was a really fun fest. Partied with the 311 guys. They were a lot of fun. Plus, I did like them. They were, I liked them at the time. They were, they were a solid band. I liked a lot of that music, too. I just, See, I that never was, got into the, like the punk scene kind of, I wasn't really. Yeah. Like green day and that, that type green of Green Day stuff. was okay. But Pennywise like wise and stuff. Nah. One of the best band intros though, that I ever had was at the rock hall. Mm-hmm. Um, MMF started doing live at the rock hall. Yeah. Shows and they were on. So my boss says, go down to the rock hall. You got to bring a band on. I was like, okay. And I get down there, and I was fairly new, right? But I still had a following on the station. I was a pretty big following on the station. Sure. And I get down there, and, and the line was just wrapped around the freaking building. I mean, it was just huge amounts of people. I'm like, I wasn't prepped for this. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> right. I just told to go down and intro band, and I'll figure out what the hell's going on when I get there. And there's all these people, and there's all these lights, and there's trucks, and there's stuff all over the place. I'm like, what the hell's going on here tonight? <laughs> and I get in, and I'm standing over by the elevator, and the band comes up. It's Good Charlotte. Okay. And they get off the elevator, like, what's up, man? What's, how you doing? I'm like, all right. And I'm still like, kind of like, okay, I'm intro Good Charlotte, okay? Huh? And then I get told that it's the first live on MTV, live at the Rock Hall event. Oh, wow. So I get out on stage. I got my little buzzard shirt. Right. <laughs> and it was like the coolest thing ever for me because, again, I was fairly new but still had a following. But Sure. And literally I get out. I'm like, yo, man, what's up? Set the Barbarian here from WMMS. And the crowd actually started chanting my name. Nice. And it was <laughs> and sweet. But then all of a sudden these cameras just go up from like the stage and there's lights everywhere swirling around, and it was MTV live cameras, and they're I'm bringing on Good Charlotte, nice. And it was like the most amazing thing because I I was so new to radio kind of, and never at least been on stage introing bands mm-hmm. and stuff, and to be live on MTV at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and bring on Good Charlotte was, was like See, that's pretty really cool. cool. It was, yeah. it was something. Dude, I, I now, though, the problem is there was no social media, obviously, no cell phones. 
except for the kind you bought at a freaking store that you buy minutes for. Didn't take a picture or anything like that. <laughs> right. And so there's no record of that no anywhere. All, I can't right. find it anywhere. Even in like MTV archives, I can't find anything on that. Yeah, dude, I, I wish I same same time frame. If I would have had my had a phone that took pictures, I would have a million pictures with so many major, major stars, you know, with all the Metallica guys and the Pantera guys and the Machine Head guys and the Megadeth guys. And, you know, but I never I never had any of them. Dude, the, the funniest thing was I never I had a super jealous ex-wife as I think we all did at some point, but um, my ex-wife never saw it. She, she never would do any of the stuff that I did. She just would not go. She didn't want to see me get up in front and have people cheering for me or whatever. She hated that I was, you know, had the slightest ounce of notoriety in Cleveland, right? The one time she sees a picture of me, a picture, it's me and Rachel Steele introducing i don't know stone sour or somebody and she could not have been more mad about the fact that who's that girl that you're on stage with i'm like oh, are you kidding me somebody i work with get out of here you're hitting on her i'm like oh my god kill me <laughs> and guess what seth you lost you're gone again <laughs> What a perfect time to take a break. <laughs> All right. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious, and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. Trivs in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's Flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all. 
from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. And these cocks bastards want me to pay them $300 tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, there's got to be something. Going. It happens every single week at 530. It didn't happen last week. No, because they did something right, and then they just let it go again. But, I mean, it's still split the same way that it was split. Yeah. There's got to be something going on in your neighborhood or something that, like it, like it transfers the signal at 530 or something. Well, I mean, like because my daughter. Because it happens at the exact same time. I just wonder if there's a dead spot in this house or something. Because my daughter today, when I came home from work, was on the phone with my dad, and her calls dropped twice as she was sitting in the living room. And so I don't know if there's a spot in this house, like there's just a magnetic field in this house or something that is causing me cancer and is going to kill me, and at the same time drops my internet and calls. I, I don't know what it is. Could be. You need to get a wired connection then, so that this stops happening. Or can I get like uh, like a uh, so, like a hotspot plug-in thing that I can plug into the wall? And you could, the but then you're still it. relying on the 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 Wi-Fi. Yeah, you need to get a. You need to get a long, long cable that'll go from your box that you can pull into the into the room there. How much is that going to cost me? What a lot? Uh, Twenty bucks. I mean, I, I technically have like an open stairwell, like open stairs and like a loft kind of thing. Yeah. So I could take a wire and it would look kind of silly going all the way up the wall. and just, But I could probably do that and get like a cable to do that. You might have to because this is getting, it's getting ridiculous. See, people are saying, agreeing with me, get the dedicated wired connection. Tell me, there's a dead spot that's yeah. like if I get on the phone with you mm -hmm. and I leave this house and I go out like in my driveway and just pull out of the driveway, yeah, yeah it does, it pops right out. <laughs> I won't hear a damn thing, and it must have a thing that goes straight through the center of this house. And again, most likely, it's causing me some sort of brain tumor or something that's gonna, you know, end up being my demise. Do you notice at night that the leg like gets further and further away from you? It, well, I noticed that it's magnetic and it attaches to the refrigerator by the end of the morning. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, whatever. I don't. Maybe we need to start planning a break every week at five twenty-five. <laughs> Maybe that would work. Maybe that's it. Just just plan a break, play the two-minute spot, and you do a reboot right at five twenty-five. Might not be a bad plan. Eh, no, mine not, actually. Uh, Gunner says it could be the first episode without Staples Girl. No. Oh, my God. Staples actually sells Staples. And she's not leaving. <laughs> no. I was, I was going to say something. I'm not going to say it. I think my <laughs> wife might be listening. I, I saw BJ's the other day, like one of those BJ's wholesale things, and I almost recreated that as me. Like trying to run towards the BJ's, <laughs> but I don't run too far with the prosthetic leg, so still it'd be still funny. Yeah, <laughs> we're running out of time, but I don't. Do you want to talk about this New Mexico thing, or should we wait until Wednesday? Maybe let's wait, wait until Wednesday. Wednesday. Let's talk Browns. Let's let's keep it up since we started with the whole first hour being so depressing. 
Browns win. That was fun. That was great. All right. Yeah, they look like a real football team for once. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Deshaun Watson still doesn't look like a great quarterback, See, but he looked better than than he did before. I guess I don't know that he looked better than before. Honestly, look, he I ran mean, a couple times for a good yardage. Yeah, and that's great. But you know what? You're not paying him forty five thousand, forty five million dollars a year to run the ball. No, but he'd had one like six yard pass for a touchdown. It was good. Yeah, I, I mean, here I, it's funny because I was texting back and forth with. John from the dog pound last night. And we both were sort of in agreement that it was really hard to tell yesterday because the, because the weather was garbage, but man, he looked better than Joe Burrow. Yeah. We'll I mean, say the, defense, that. the defense looked fantastic. And like, I mean, both offenses had to play in the same, same kind of weather. rain, the same yeah. kind of crap. And so Deshaun Watson looked better than Joe Burrow. Yeah. And I loved it. I love seeing that cocky son of a bitch just sitting on the bench pouting. I will say this, though, about Joe Burrow. Yeah. And don't get mad at me. Don't say anything. Don't you know, mad. But, like, if I was a 22-year-old chick, I'd be all over that dude. He's a good-looking, <laughs> good-looking young man. And when you sit there and I go – like God blessed me with literally nothing. Like I have no leg. Um, I, I'm not much to look at. I I like to think I'm somewhat funny, but obviously not funny to like tour as a comedian or something like that. I don't have lots of money. Uh, I, I don't have a particular skill that I'm, I'm like great at. And so like looking at that kid who's a, I mean, he has the potential to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. If he continues the way that he's going, mm-hmm. on top of that, he's a good-looking guy. He's got a billion dollars, and he sits there. Yeah. Going, Where did I go wrong? Did my parents suck, and like <laughs> they just didn't raise me to be that kind of guy, or like did I just what, what I, did I just care too much about girls and partying when I was a younger kid to actually realize that I have a future to prepare for? That's probably the more likely thing. Yeah. I just never prepared for a future that I needed to be successful. And now I get really sad when I see guys like that. <laughs> well, first of all, you know Joe Burrow is hooking up three at a time with his chicks. Oh, oh yeah. Come on. Come on. He has yeah. making $50 million a year, and he looks like that. Yeah. yeah. Forget about it. He's he's making Deshaun Watson getting hand jobs at, at massage parlors like, look like <laughs> yeah. child's play. You know, that is for sure. That being said, man, I'm – I, I believe me, I've thought about it because I had the potential to, to, you know, I was all state baseball player for a couple of years and I, and I threw it away. I absolutely threw it away. Cause I just knew that I wanted to party more than I wanted to go to school. You know, there was no, I, I had a full ride scholarship to go to Indiana to go play baseball. And I had a partial ride to go to Ohio state, like half of my tuition paid to or Ohio state, um, Arizona state. Which at the time was the um, which was the big college for baseball, and I just knew I wasn't going to make it. I knew in my head that baseball started in March, and there was no way was I going to stay eligible to play baseball, going away by myself to college as a seventeen-year-old freshman that liked to smoke pot and do drugs. <laughs> there was no chance I could be eligible by March. I just knew it. So I didn't want to go, and me and my dad had a huge fight over it. I mean, a huge fight, and I signed up for the military. 
which I, I'm glad I did. I had the greatest time in the world in Korea. I mean, I look at that time as like the funnest time of my life. But, but man, there are definitely days when I see a guy on the baseball field, you know, making twelve right. million dollars a year hitting two forty, and I'm like, I may not have been the best in the world, but I guarantee I would have hit two forty if so I was practicing after, every day. After watching yesterday's game, do you think they're going to win more or less than six? More than six. That defense looks really good, man. Do they look really good because they were pissed about what Jamar Chase said about Cleveland is Cleveland and it's the elves and all that? Or do you think they're actually going to be a good, solid defense? I don't think that hurt, but I think they're going to be good. I mean, you got to remember, dude, Joe Burrow was hurt, hadn't really practiced or played much in the preseason. Yeah. He's on the sideline stretching his calf out or whatever. And so. That, but that's not, I mean, dude, they beat them soundly and the, the beating was way worse than the score. Quite honestly, the, the, the Cincinnati was never in the game. Cincinnati was never in that game yesterday. The whole entire game, they weren't. And I'll tell you why I think they're going to win more than six. Because last year they would have won more than seven if they had this kicker. And that was with a team that was far less good than this team. All right, can I put up? A, I'm going to put up a a message that just came through on the chat here. Go ahead. And you know, God bless Natalie. I love her to death. I met her, and she's wonderful, and everything else. But this is probably the worst thing that you could say to somebody. God bless you, Seth, with a great personality and a great people person. Oh, what the fuck is that going to do for? No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to swear, Natalie. What the hell is that going to do for me in my life? I'm not going to make any money because people just walk all over people with good right. personalities and good people. And so I'm not going to make any money. Uh, it's certainly not going to line up the women outside the door because yeah. holy women, friend all, zone. <laughs> yeah, all the hot ass women. I got lucky that I married the wife that I did. Believe me, my wife was super gorgeous, still is love her to death. And I'm, I got extraordinarily lucky, but it's not exactly like Cindy Crawford supermodels are lining outside you know, the front door to, with the guy with the good personality. <laughs> what the hell does that do for me? Certainly doesn't change the fact that I'm 100 pounds overweight, poor as shit, and got one leg. <laughs> I think you're being a God bless you, the yourself. good personality. And I would rather like a 14-inch penis than a good personality. And I didn't get that either. <laughs> oh, there's disadvantages to anything. Joe Burrow must have something that's not good in his life. Yeah, right. Yeah. He lost to the Browns. Yeah, there you go. You know what? And he forgot about that when the chicks were lined up outside the locker room. He has to live with that ridicule, man. You lose to the Browns. Oh, man. And then he gets in his nice $100,000 car winner's $100,000 suit with his, you know, three girls and stuffed into the trunk waiting right. to get back to his million-dollar mansion and have this buffet dinner that's been prepared by his by his own personal chef. Yeah, his life sucks because he lost oh, to the Browns. Yeah. He did. I'm sure it was a bad, it was a bad game. Uh. People said bad things about him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that, I got that going for me. Nobody's ever said you suck, Seth, on Twitter. Oh wait, yes they have. And I still don't have a million-dollar mansion, $100,000 car, or anything to go along with it. I will say this for you. 
There's not a lot of us that can say that somebody bought them a three hundred thousand dollar house. No, I, you that's know, a, now you got to you got to put that in the positive. Of course, column. I, I would never. And by the way, I'm going to have Dave Mortage on the show in the next like week or so. Absolutely, we're going to be talking about some stuff. So uh, he's going to be joining us at some point. But yeah, no, I'm not taking that away. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying that I haven't been blessed in some ways in my life. I do have great friends, and I, you know, the house is definitely a blessing. And I was blessed with a beautiful, wonderful wife who's been through yeah. all the shit with me that you could possibly go through with somebody. I got a great kid. And so I'm not saying that there aren't good things or positive things in my life. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is God didn't bless me with a cabillion dollars and a cabillion dollar car and a cabillion dollar personal chef and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but a lot of those guys end up unhappy pieces of shit that fucking put bullets in their head, dude. Well, I understand. You know who had all that too? Ray Rice. OJ Simpson. Okay, Ray Rice still has it. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame after killing Not, people. No, no, that's that's Ray Lewis. Oh, Ray Rice. That was Ray Lewis. Sorry. Ray Rice, the one that knocked his girlfriend out in the, in oh, the yeah. parking garage. How about OJ? Okay. Every gift OJ, known to man. Wait, OJ got away with murder, and if he wasn't a dumbass, he would still have a lot of stuff. The guy just continued to make you know, commit crimes. So, I mean, you know, OJ, if you get away with murder once, you might want to go lay low somewhere. Yeah. Which I will say, though, if you, if you ever want to do something fun, follow OJ on Twitter. Oh, my God. Is that a fun follow? Have you ever watched his Twitter? Uh, yeah. yeah. It yeah. is the best. He's, he'll say something like he loves football. So he'll be like. Ah, oh, Brock Purdy played great for the 49ers. And then there'll be a hundred comments in the row and be like, yeah, he really sliced up the defense. Hey, Juice. You know, everything's a cutting <laughs> joke. Everything, no matter what he says, they turn it right back on him. It's fucking hilarious. A man's riches are what? Money, multiple women, cars, or family, and a beautiful wife with morals? The first part. Yeah, that, that, that sounds really nice to say. <laughs> <laughs> And believe me, again, I'm not taking for granted. I love my wife and my kid, and, and yeah. them. it's great that we all have beautiful morals and all that kind of stuff. That's that's fantastic. But you know what? Yeah. At the end of the day, money doesn't hurt. Cars, yeah. nice cars don't hurt to have. I, I hate when people's money doesn't solve all your problems. It sure as hell helps a lot. Yeah. I promise you in her prime years, anybody that was fucking Pamela Anderson never was like, man, I really wish I could trade down to a neighborhood six. I guarantee you that never was said. Right. <laughs> you know, I know some really shitty people that you know don't maybe not have the best morals of all time, but they have a lot of money. You know what? They're pretty darn happy. I'm <laughs> just just mm-hmm. saying. You know, there's not a whole lot wrong in their life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm money, sorry. money maybe, doesn't hurt. Maybe they go to bed sad. No, no, I'm pretty sure when they climb into those silk sheets with, with that beautiful woman escort laying next to them yeah. after having that five star dinner, five course, whatever. Uh, they're just fine. Money has its money has its disadvantages too, but I, I, you know, like people that are really wealthy, they can never trust anybody because everybody's always got their hand out trying to get their money from them. Yeah. So they really don't have any real friends. They always just have hanger on friends. But man, having having like a decent, having a decent amount of money, but not being wealthy, that's kind of like the 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 sweet spot. That spot somewhere where. You're past, am I going to make the mortgage? But you're not at the, well, I've got $6 billion in the bank. I'll take the $6 billion. 
I don't know, no, man. Money I, I even see... helps buy better health care. Yes. You can... I, I Name a billionaire whose life you would want to have. Not not this money, his life. Not Would you want to be a hated son of a bitch like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or Wait, it, it, Elon really, Musk? Or... You think any one of those guys sits back and worries about somebody hating them? I mean, I think it's at a the lonely end of the existence. Day, I think at it's the a end of very the, lonely existence. At the end of the day, they are locked. They are surrounded by people that kiss their ass all the time, tell them everything yeah. that they want to hear, and they don't have to worry about people like us making fun of You think that we can make fun of Bill Gates for 300 days in a row, and that guy will never know that we no, talk about I get him on that. this podcast. I so he's not going to care. He's surrounded by people that kiss his ass all day long. But, but you know as well as I do, dude, when people kiss your ass, you really start to resent them after not too long. You're like, all right, stop, stop tickling my balls. You know, let's get to the real here. Look, I would surround myself with people that would tick my balls all day long, yeah. um, and and, and for, you know, just to be happy for a while like that. Look, I'm not saying I'm unhappy either. What I'm saying, right? Healthcare is another thing. I owe four thousand dollars on just this leg that I'm wearing alone. This leg will be outdated. I'm going to need a new one before I pay this one off. Yeah. A billion dollars, I'm going to have a gold leg that might move on its own for me. Right. You might have like the, the robot leg. You might have the million, six million dollar yeah, man I'm leg. I'm going to be bionic guy because I'd be able to afford a leg that does that kind of thing. But again, the leg that my little Superman leg is going to be old and outdated by the time I pay my 50 bucks a month off of it for the, now, rest for the of next your life, 100 yeah. years of my life. Right. I'm going to need a new one. Yeah, again, I'm not trying to say money doesn't solve some problems. I'm just saying money makes people that have tons of money are generally generally very lonely because they don't trust. They can't trust anybody. Nobody is trustworthy that has less money than you. Look at That's Bernie. kind of a rule of life. Look at poor Bernie. Family stole his money. CDE has to do paid ads for a Democrat. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But we're talking about Bernie Kosar, who back in the day did not make the kind of money that you know quarterbacks are making today. If Bernie was playing today, he wouldn't have that kind of problem. He wouldn't no, have gone. If Bernie was playing today, he'd make about forty million a year. Right. Yeah, it, it's really kind of gotten ridiculous how much these guys are making. Not that I care, it ain't my money, but Jesus Christ. Is there really a need to pay Joe Burrow what half a million dollars a game or Something like that. They have everything, so they haven't much to look forward to. No, also. not half million. What what does he make? Like Joe two Burrow? million a game. He makes fifty million a year. How many divide that by seventeen? What is that? Like a, a mil mil four every time he steps on the field. It's a lot. I know that. Joe Burrow's contract. Five years, $275 million. Poor guy. Yeah, and he I'm sure he's very isolating, goes to bed lonely at night. Get the fuck out of here. No, he I'm sure he doesn't now. But he'll he'll end up three times divorced. And I don't understand this. They have everything so not much to look forward to, also. Look, when you're poor, you don't have a whole lot to look forward to either. What the EBT or the Whatever it is, card, the snap card coming in the mail so you can get your groceries. Look, money does solve problems. Let's just be honest. And people that 
say that it doesn't solve problems, don't have money. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> At least this one bends. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, in a couple of years when I need a new leg, they're going to give me a peg leg. It's going to be a wooden plank that they stick on my, my uh, stump because I'm not going to be able to afford another four grand for a leg. You know, go to go to Lowe's. Give me three feet of fucking two by four. <laughs> Fourteen inch penis installed as well. If I could, I would. <laughs> I need my neighbors not living in the country. Mm-hmm. It would be good to get Bernie Marinos perspective on how much they make nowadays compared to when they play Bernie. Well, Bernie I'd, like to, I'd like to know that too. I'd love to hear what like Dan Marino or Joe Montana thinks of of like um, If they're salty. They gotta be. And not necessarily about the, the great ones. I, I'm sure they're not salty about Pat Patrick Mahomes but I'm sure they're salty about um, what's the dude's name that was in Seattle now is in Denver. Russell Wilson. Oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, they gotta be fucking pissed off that Russell <laughs> Wilson's making thirty-eight million a year. He's no good. And he stinks. <laughs> How boring! I'd like to make two hundred thousand. Anything more than that, I'd be dead. Well, that might be my problem too. I mean, I am a person of excess. I have been majority of my life. So if I had, you know, if I won two hundred million dollars, <laughs> a lot or something yeah. like that, I don't know how long I'd last. Because, you know, once you have all that money and the partying begins. I, I just, and again, this is only me, but my biggest problem if I had a shit ton of money like that would be what would I do? Because I wouldn't have goals anymore. Because I wouldn't need goals anymore. I wouldn't need to work, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't need to build stuff because I wouldn't. You know, so I, I wouldn't. I asked my wife the other day, I said, if we won like $100 million in the lottery, mm-hmm. would you quit your job? And she started to say no. I said, you, you're, you're kidding, right? Well, she's like, I need something to do. Well, yeah, you'd have something to do. It's called vacation. It's called cruise. And it's called drive cross country in your brand new Corvette. I mean, it's called all these different things that you could possibly do with $100 million that you'd never run out of. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't like to travel, that still wouldn't satisfy much. Well, okay, we're talking about you who says you fill up your gas tank yeah. once every three months. So, no, I don't expect you to be traveling so what would the world. I do with $100 million? You'd be dead, too. I, You'd I be like probably. me. There'd be pizza boxes lined up around <sighs> outside the whole door, the whole room, and we'd be dead laying on the floor. Yeah, there'd be cocaine lines from here to the mailbox. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but... I, was... <laughs> I w- Dude, of course I would go right back to using drugs again. If I didn't have to worry about anything, if I didn't have to be responsible, you better believe I'd be using drugs again. Finding a female that needs a 14-inch penis could be a challenge. <laughs> when you do find her, you better stay away. Look, that's true, too. Look, I, maybe, maybe that's a little bit excessive. But I mean, that's fine. I mean, I don't care. I want to be that guy. I want to... Where I have to have, <laughs> forget about the tuck bathing suit at Target. I need, I want something where I need my own pocket in the front for my for my jeans or something, my own little slot where you, you know, that's what, you know. Come on, you God, want her, God you didn't want, bless me with anything like that. You want her begging for mercy when the tip goes in. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> <Seth>. <laughs>
This is not the clean show. No, this is not the one HK wants. No, this is the great show. <laughs> yes, they were in Michigan. Uh, Sandy and Jim are in Michigan visiting their kid. I'd go around the city giving massive tips to surprise people. Is he talking about the 14-inch penis or $100 million? What, if, if those are your two choices? No, I'm saying, is he talking about when he's giving tips? Oh, yeah. Is he talking about tipping cash or tipping the other thing? Probably a little of both because he can afford the lawsuit. I guess. All right, on that note, we're going to end the show. <laughs> it's been real. It's been fun. Wednesday, I don't know what the hell we got coming up. We got Tony Masashi well, from somewhere. And we'll have a, another um, from the dog pound thing. Another dog pound report? Yeah. Dog Pound Details. The Dog Pound Details. I was trying to remember the name of the segment. And next show, follow the girl that killed her mom in Akron on trial. And we'll tell you what else Biden didn't do. Have yourself a good couple of days. All right. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.